the toilet, the last bastion of freedom. Future generations won't say, remember the Alamo. They're going to say, remember the bathroom. No cameras in there. Mm-mm, not in any business, except for fetish porn studios. And even they don't have the moxie to do what Stanford University is doing, and that's analyze your poop for a living. No, all the porn studios want to do is just put it in a cup and share it with their girlfriend. You saw that video too. I'm not the only weird one here. But seriously, Stanford wants to analyze the biometrics of Uranus as well. No, not the planet, the butthole where, you know, solids come out. There's a pretty shitty conspiracy afoot here too. And I'm being serious about that. So wash your hands, smash the like button, comment below, yada yada, do the thing. And let's just hop right into this shit. Welcome back to Waking Infinity News. I'm your host, Ben Joseph Stewart, and Stanford University has stooped to a new low. Two new lows, actually. Not just because one of the lows is all about number two. First, the first new low is that Stanford University has the agenda and the goal and the moxie to pull off a plan that will, in very, very quick amount of time, gather the largest database of butthole pictures ever recorded in history. Man, would we be in a much better position if Stanford was doing this for erotic fetishes. And that brings me to number two. Not that number two, the number two low that Stanford is moving into. And that's really, sorry to say it, it's the prison planet that conspiracy theorists have been warning us about for years now. An article released by Insider titled, This Smart Toilet Can Read Your Anus Like a Fingerprint, says scientists. Stanford researchers are developing a smart toilet that uses biometrics to identify people's butts and analyze their poop. The toilet is meant to detect a range of disease markers in stool and urine, including multiple types of cancer. The smart toilet uses multiple pressure and motion sensors to detect when somebody's about to use it and identifies them with biometrics, yes, your butthole biometrics. The toilet then sends the data it collects to a cloud server. Stool samples are recorded on video and analyzed by algorithms that identify abnormal stool consistencies. Urine is analyzed by algorithms that monitor flow rate, stream time, and total volume. So far, the toilet has been tested on 21 participants. Stanford researchers also surveyed 300 prospective participants, and 52% said that they were at least somewhat comfortable with the idea. Oh, I bet they're going to make that toilet quite comfy. So comfy, in fact, that you want to spend hours a day just lounging there. All of this a ruse so data aggregators can spend a lot of time staring into that mysterious abyss of your butthole, gathering biometric data and wondering, hmm, I wonder how much money's up there. I guess what I'm saying is what they're doing is, as I've told you with the internet of underwater things, they're dumping tons and tons and tons of sensors into the ocean, plans to do it as time goes by, that speak in ways other than our Wi-Fi is speaking to our phones and things like that. It's using vibroacoustics, which is disrupting 
that habitat. This is having a camera inside your toilet, analyzing your butthole the entire time, taking lots of pictures of it. You wish that they were just going to hold it ransom for later to try and get you to stop talking about COVID this and COVID that by saying, we'll release the pictures of your butthole. But no, that's not the problem here. If you listen to Allison McDowell, one thing that they're looking to do is something that even Imperial College London has started working on, and it's this thing called the nudge. It's tokenizing and gamifying right now in a very kind of cute manner to get you to have the apple instead of the slice of pizza. This is what Alice McDowell is pointing out, that this is also connected to the basis of eugenics, matching what kinds of food certain genetic types will eat, how much food, how many of them do we have in the world, and how much food do we need to produce of this kind for these different regions on the planet. This is all part of basically the smart cities, Agenda 21, which turned to Agenda 2030, which is basically sustainable development. It's a UN goal that pretty much has a map of after this great reset, what are we going to do with the planet? The harvesting of all of this data is to put you on the blockchain. Once you and your biometrics from your eyes, from your face, from your gait cycle, satellites can tell how you walk and identify you by that. And by several other things, obviously triangulating where your cell phone is or any other smart device around and also computing with the cloud. Where was this person before? Can we accurately say 100% that this person that we're seeing from the satellite is this person that we want to gather data on. And if you've seen or heard anything about Catherine Austin Fitz saying that during the BLM riots around central banks, 35 out of 37 of those riots smashing up infrastructure happened right in a small perimeter right around central banks. Her idea is this is to build up the smart grid without having to buy people out for them to leave or move. We don't want them to have a say in the matter. So the idea of everything becoming smart. Of course, it has its PR push on the front. And of course, it may actually help to have something analyzing your poop, analyzing your microbiome, and figuring out what kind of essential oils and natural remedies can be used in capsules that can be put into your system that actually allow for the right microbiota population density and diversity to flourish. This is intelligent ways where all this technology is going. However, we just have to ask the big question. What is the underlying intention that we may not be told about having smart toilets, smart cities, smart houses, smart everything, sensors everywhere, constantly communicating and all that data going to, nope, not your friends right down the road, people that you will never meet, people who you can't Google, people who really don't have the same kinds of lifestyles, they don't live in the same tax brackets, and you're never going to meet them, you're never going to party at a country club with them. George Carlin said it best.
You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table and figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers. People who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your social security security money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club and you ain't in it. George, we miss you. We need you. Imagine if you were still around, man, you would be fucking making some amazing comedy. And you'd probably be dead. If you were alive today, you'd be dead. Why? Because you'd be calling it like it is. I saw that man, I think just a couple weeks before he died at the Zembo Shrine in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And he was ripping into the audience as well because they weren't laughing nearly as hard as they laughed at his jokes in New York just a few weeks prior. This man went for the jugular. And after his wife died, man, he really was spitting some truth. We miss you, George. But guess what? In your honor, the rest of us are going to step up as much as we can. And you know what? There are a lot of people speaking out. There are a lot of people stepping up. But there's one thing that we need to see even more. The people that are stepping up, that are not afraid to speak out, the people that want to create art, the people who want to build and develop the world of the future that will make obsolete all the stupid bullshit that George was calling out in that skit right there, we need to step up, we need to have harmony, we need to not be scared of what's going to come back to bite us in the ass from the past like Joe Rogan is experiencing right now and like Dave Chappelle very pleasantly pointed out, we need all hands on deck. We need all creatives, all artists, all engineers, all social media whizzes, all coders, all developers that realize what's going on today is massive room for improvement. At the same time, there's massive room for this going in a direction that none of us actually want. If you think you're in that country club, think again. George Carlin, rich guy, very loved by the entire world. He wasn't in that club. You and I were not in that club. But guess what? That club does not actually own this world. That's the only thing I'll disagree with George Carlin on. That club does not own this world. And that club is constantly perplexed by the X factor of human existence and human consciousness. We will prevail. In a sense, we already are prevailing. 
We're seeing the writing on the wall, and yes, that bus is driving directly towards what is perceivably a cliff. So we're all imagining it's hopeless. There's no way we can stop before we get to that cliff. But the thing is, is when we open up to the possibilities, we may realize that we're growing wings. And by the time we hit that cliff, we have more time to grow these wings and to develop a practice that will actually cause for a future of prosperity that we could not have conceived of if we were trying to figure out how to slam the brakes hard enough to actually stop the bus before hitting the edge. That's all I'm going to say. Go over to benjosephstewart.com. You're going to enjoy what I'm starting to do with the uh, deeper dives and all the exclusive content. Get involved in the Discord chat, and I will catch you all next time on Waking Infinity News.